Good morning. If you're a student, you're dismissed to go with Ms. Morgan or Mr. Weldon. Hello, Ellie. Um, welcome to Christ Community Church. I greet you in the name of my Savior. I'm happy that you're here. I'm happy to be here. Uh, Christopher, wherever you are, thank you, brother, sir. That last song, that's a great song. Mm. Um, one of the men that impacted my life when I first became a Christian, 42 years ago, I guess, 43 years ago, um, I was a brand new follower of Jesus. And um, I, was, I was looking for men who could help me know how to, how to go, where to go, and you know, just how to do it. I, I had not grown up around that kind of life, uh, and, and I wanted to know how to follow the Lord. And uh, one of the men that impacted me the most, uh, he would say to me often, he would say, Larry, The things that will change you for good the most are the books you read, the responses that you have to difficulties in life, and the people you meet. And I found that uh, to be some pretty good advice. The things that will impact you the most, change you the most, are um, the books you read, the responses you choose to have to problems and pain, and the people you meet. And uh, I met a, a man, Kuss Bassoon, and his wife, Jenny. Um, I don't know, Kuss, 25 years ago? I don't know, give or take. Uh, and uh, I, anyway, I'm not going to get into all what you do. I'll let them, I'll let them hear it from you. But uh, I asked Cus to come and share this morning with us a little bit about his ministry, but more than that, just about how to walk with, with the Lord Jesus, get to know him and follow him and serve him. And so uh, I'm going to ask him, Cus, if you'd come on up and uh, share with us, I sure would be grateful, okay? You need these benches, these stools. Well, that's up to you, sir. Okay. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. Is this for me? It is for you. Okay. I got another timekeeper. She's sitting over there. <laughs> well, he's. He's asking me to do an impossible task today, and that is to share for half an hour. Um, normally where we come from, we can ramble on, no, not ramble on, but talk for an hour and a half, two hours. Not those people have watches. Well, they do, but they don't care. <laughs> and they all have cell phones. Anyway, it's good to be here um, and to share again after a long absence. 
Um, and I really want to say thank you to Larry and Sherry and the church for praying for us and for supporting us. And uh, it's always been good to know that Larry uh, and Sherry are here in Memphis. They always send me, or Larry does, encouraging messages, um, scriptures or like a word or something that blesses me. And it's always great to know that in that way, I know he's thinking about me and that we're in touch. So for me, that's very special is to um, know that. And his mom told me this morning that she didn't recognize me because I had a beanie on. But um, she said that she prayed with me, prayed for us this morning without knowing um, that we were coming. And here we are. And so she says she prays for us often. So we really do appreciate that when people pray for us because that's what makes the ministry. Um, so my wife Jen is there. She is my life partner in missions and almost my director in many ways, and I'm really grateful to have a godly wife. Um, that really helps me in the ministry. Um, and, um, but I would like to start this morning by just showing something visual uh, so that it's not just words that you hear, but it's something that you see that's real, that's happening on the ground. Um, so we're going to look at, I think it's about, a, how long? It's a five-minute video, um, so please watch and then uh, just absorb what you see. Um, but that's pretty much what we do uh, on the ground, so uh, might not be all of it, but it's part of it. So let's just enjoy the video, and then I'll share briefly from the Word of God. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so... There's lots of stories to tell, but I'm not going to tell all the stories that I want to share from the Word of God, um, because I think if, if the Word of God grips your heart, a testimony can be heard and forgotten. But the Word of God is something that we should be uh, interested in and something that we really desire uh, for it to uh, impact our lives. And I want to just share briefly from um, um, 2 Timothy uh, 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 chapter 2, where Paul was talking to his disciple, uh, Timothy, who was, uh, um, um, who was his protege and somebody that he had taken from a young age and he had brought up in the Lord and now he was pastoring in Ephesus and Timothy was somewhat discouraged and Paul is giving him advice on what it's like to live in the Christian to live the Christian life. And uh, sometimes for us to achieve what God wants us to do and what God wants us to be is not easy. It's a real challenge. And it's that challenge that we must take up to grow spiritually and to grow the kingdom of God. But Paul speaks to uh, Timothy in, uh, in, 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 in chapter 1, and he says, Therefore I remind you, to keep ablaze the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of hands. And for God has not given us a spirit of fearfulness, but one of power, love, and sound mind. 
So Paul was reminding Timothy that that gift that he had, whether it was by laying on of hands, it doesn't matter, that he had a gift that God, that God wanted him to use, that God had bestowed upon him to make an impact for the gospel and for the kingdom. And the thing is that many of us through periods like COVID could have come slightly complacent. Um, I know it was hard for us to get back into gear for two years. We sat, I sat at home, had the longest sabbatical I'd ever had in my life, felt very rested afterwards. But it was real tough to, 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 to get going and to start all the planning when the doors opened and to really just pick up on the nations and to just continue that work. And I'm glad to say that I'm back in gear and I'm happy to be doing what I'm doing. But, but there is this time of complacency uh, in our lives, um, either through comfort or just through the lifestyle that we live where we need to be reminded to stir up the gift that, that is in us. Because the issue that we saw there is how many uh, people groups that are still lost in Africa, how many, yeah, and I would say that the nominal church in, in America is an unreached people group. Because they know all about church, but they know nothing about salvation. They know nothing about growing in Christ. It's just about attending church. And so there's people all around us where God wants to reveal himself. And, and uh, Paul continues in uh, 2 Timothy 2, and he says, You therefore, my child, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So in Romans 5.10, we uh, understand that the life of Christ that saved us or the sacrifice that saved us is also the life that keeps us. So God not only just saves us from our sin, but he also gives us his life that we can continue to do what he wants us to do. Amen. So that's really important for us to understand. So Paul is saying, be strong in the grace. So there's grace for us to do that which God wants us to do. And then he talks again about a child. And one of the, the pictures that we have of a disciple is that he was a child, or what Paul would term a child, somebody that he grew up in the Lord. And I want to ask the question, are you available or are you having someone directly impacting your life that's discipling you, that's ministering in your life, because for us to mature, it's not automatic. It doesn't automatically come from the church bench. Now, I love the example of, um, of, of putting out a lot of um, bottles in the front here without, without caps on and someone standing over there with a bucket of water. And often preaching is like that. It's like somebody standing here with a bucket of water and he throws it out over the audience. Now everybody, a lot of people can get wet. But when they go out outside and they're out in the sun, out in life, dries off pretty quick. And often we forget about what we heard in the sermon. But when it comes to, uh, if we take on somebody as a disciple or we're building into their lives, 
It's more like taking that bucket and walking up to each bottle and filling it. And that's the way that we know how people are growing, is when we have that close contact and that close relationship with them because they begin to open up and to share their lives with you. And you're able to see them grow. So the first picture we have of a disciple is somebody that is somebody's child or somebody that's being mentored by somebody or discipled by someone. So the question is, are you discipling anybody? Or are you being discipled by someone? Because the goal of discipleship is one, is maturity, is that we all need to mature and become like Christ. Amen. So that's the goal. So what happens when we become like Christ? We do what Christ does. And we begin to multiply. We begin to bear fruit in our lives. And that fruit often impacts other people so that their lives change and that they become disciple makers and that they be begin to uh, build into the lives of other people. So uh, Paul encourages him and he says, and what you have seen and heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. So Paul lived an open life. Some pastors, I'm not saying Larry, I know he's very open, but some people are aloof. And they don't want anybody to get really close to them. Well, as a servant of God, as a child of God, it should be one of our desires that people can get close to us. Because that's when they can really see the power of God's work in the life of somebody, at work in the life of somebody. And that's when change takes place because that's when transformation begins to happen. Because they see it in your life. They see it happening in your life. And so as servants of God, as children of God, and I say servants because that is what we are. Like a lot of people get hung up on being a child, you know, and calling <laughs> God daddy. Like I've heard lots of people call God daddy. Well, he is. He is father. He is Abba. But you don't read much about <laughs> the, 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 the apostles calling him daddy in the scriptures. They called him Lord <laughs> most of the time. So he is daddy. And, uh, and, and that's very comforting. Um, but Paul says, the things that you've seen and heard from me in the presence of many. So he's living his life out in front of others. So Timothy was with him. Because otherwise he couldn't have seen or heard what Paul was talking about. So it's a witness gospel. That we have people with us that we can build into their lives and they can see in our lives um, so that they can grow. And, and yet it goes further than that. He says, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men. So there's this growth that takes place that I'm supposed to begin working in somebody else's life. And it's a joy to see that multiplication at work when we realize how God uses us. Um, and they will be able to teach others also. So there's this 
fourth generation that started from Paul, Timothy, faithful men, and others also, people who could teach. So people who teach are people who are really interested in the Word of God. You want to learn the Word of God. You want to master a teaching that will help new converts grow. You want to. Do you want to is the question. Because it takes a little bit of work, as we're going to see. Um, and Paul begins using examples that are very, very clear um, in what it means uh, to be a good disciple. So some people say it's seven pictures of a leader, because Timothy was a leader. Uh, my old friend Herb Hodges used to say, seven pictures of a disciple maker or a disciple. So the first picture was to be a child, somebody that um, is growing up under somebody more mature than him. Now remember one thing, there's no fully mature Christian. We're all maturing. So I might be a little bit ahead of some people in the maturing process, but they're still maturing. Why? Because the goal is to become like Christ. And boy, that's a big reach. So on this side of heaven, we're just going to keep on working at it until one day in the twinkling of an eye, we will be like him according to 1 Thessalonians. Um, so, and then Paul starts now with um, talking about the discipline we need. And he says, share in the suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So he likens the Christian life to that of a soldier. And I was a soldier for a brief time uh, when I left high school in the Zimbabwe, uh, Rhodesian Zimbabwe Bush War. And if there was one thing that I understood about being a soldier, my life was not my own. And I couldn't do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. It's like if we had been in the bush and we came back on R&R &R and suddenly there was a mission and they called you and you two days into your R&R, &R, you just had to drop everything and go. So there was this, this life that was not my own um, and that I didn't live to please myself but the one that called me into the mission. And that's what, what being a, a disciple is like, is, is that we need to follow him. And we need to serve him. And now we sometimes think, boy, that, that, that's really tough. And that's really difficult. Um, but the joy is, if we lose our lives, we will find it. Because God is a fulfilling God. And God wants to fulfill us. And sometimes we're not as fulfilled as Christians because sometimes we're doing too much of our own thing. Are you with me on this? And, um, and so God calls us to live in that fashion of a soldier, understanding that he is living, uh, he's a man under orders. And uh, to please a recruiter, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of everyday life. Now, we do live in this world, 
But sometimes we get entangled in the things of this world. And that takes our eyes off of Christ. It, 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 it often leads us into things that we don't really want to be involved in and so on. And so Paul is, is helping Timothy who is struggling, who needs to be encouraged. And he's saying, hey, if you want to be fulfilled, if you want to make an impact and keep making an impact, this is what you need to do. So he's giving him instructions. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, now I don't know about any of you, but um, I've watched athletes and I've watched them train and seen the effort and the amount of time and the discipline they put in because they want to win. Nobody runs a race or, or trains for the 100 meters to come second. That's not your intentional goal, is to come second. It is to win. It is to win the prize. And that takes effort, and that takes time. And one of the things that I found that takes effort and time was, was over the years to build a very broad cur curriculum so that when I go to the field, I can teach on leadership, I can teach on disciple-making, I can teach on uh, basic doctrines that will help Christians stand. We can teach across the Bible. But it took time and effort. It didn't just happen, and it didn't mean me just reading from a book. Like I've seen some people, when they uh, do some teaching, they just have their notes in front of them, and they just read like this. A friend of mine is a computer expert, and he's a tremendous whiz. And he was in Australia sorting out some companies' problems and giving them some new software to implement and everything. And he said, they said the previous guy that came just read from the book. Nobody learned a thing because he didn't know his subject. But, the, but my friend came. He never had a book. He just understood the program, and he began to teach them. And, it, and he just turned that company upside down. And then everybody began to understand the program, how to implement it, and it began to uh, have, have the desired effect uh, in the company. And so it is with us. Uh, if we want to really make an impact, we really need to have discipline in our lives. And, and people say, well, you know, it's not my gift. I'm sorry, but studying the Word of God should be everybody's gift. We're not all teachers that can dig into the Word, but those guys who have dug into the Word are the guys who give us the material to use to make an impact. Are you interested in doing that? That is the big question. Amen. So if we want to win the prize in, in any athletic event, we need to compete according to the rules. And there's just some things that um, Psalm 1 tells us to meditate on the word day and night. Um, that takes work. Now I'm not saying that you can never think about 
the kids or you can't think about what's happening at work, but there's, a, there's this underlying passion to implement the Word of God in every aspect of your life. And that takes some focus, right? Because it's so easy to be sidetracked. And then Paul goes on and he says, It is the hardworking farmer who ought to be the first to get a share of the crops. Now, I have friends who farm. And some, depending on the season, it's night and day. It's like they really work when they, uh, when they, when they sow the seed is more than just sowing the seed. Often we think about um, Jesus in the Jesus form throwing down the seed um, just as a, as a demonstration, but actually farming is kind of hectic. It's like the guys, they, they need to weed and they need to make sure that the, the ground is prepared when they plant the seed and then there's the weeding and the chemicals and everything to make it grow. And uh, in come time harvest, um, it's, just, it's just this incredible amount of work that takes place um, for the harvest to be there. And sometimes for us, we need to understand that. And Paul will tell that to us in a moment. So, you know, consider uh, Paul is uh, talking about farming and then he says something strange and he throws it back in your lap or into Timothy's lap and he says, consider what I say. Think about what I'm saying. Because it takes thought for this thing to get down deep in your mind. Um, that certain things are going to make an impact on our lives and it's going to bring definite change in the way that we do things and in the way that we uh, move ahead with God. He says, uh, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. And so if we think about it, it's like when Jesus taught the parables, the people didn't understand often because they didn't think about what they were hearing. So Paul is like, in a way, saying, listen, guys, if, if, if you want this to become real in your life, you have to think about it. You have to consider it seriously. And then the Lord will give you understanding. Because if we don't think about it and we don't consider it seriously, the Lord's not going to reveal that to us. The Lord's not going to open that up to us. And so we really need to trust the Lord. Um, so that's, uh, I think, five pictures so far. And then we have one, one here that we're all um, familiar with. Um, in 2 Timothy uh, 2 verse 15, be diligent. I'm going to end here. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker who doesn't need to be ashamed. And I think there's many people that can't share the gospel. That there's many people that can't lay a basic foundation in the lives of others. They keep saying, well, let's go talk to the pastor. Actually, they should be talking to you. 
and me, not the pastor, not the elder, not the deacon, but you who are equipped so that you can help others. Because some of us, I think, when we come down to basic knowledge and how to work with people and what to say to people, would be ashamed. And that's a little bit sad for us because Paul does say, and we do read this, be diligent to present yourselves approved to God. And if you go back to Romans 12 verse 1, it's the sacrifice that we make once and for all in our lives to God. A worker doesn't need to be ashamed correctly handling the word of God. So some of those thorny issues and some of those basic issues we need to wrestle with so that we can share them with the word of God. And it doesn't take long. It might take half an hour of your day to really just sit and focus, but on a consistent manner is to find some kind of curriculum like Dr. Adrian Rogers' Back to Basics is an awesome uh, tool that you can use to build into the lives of new converts. But it's not going to help if you just read it to them. It's going to help if you know what it means and you can share it from the heart. And it's in you. Are you with me? And then the last picture is that of a vessel. But I've run out of time. In fact, I think I'm two minutes over. So I apologize for that. <laughs> Not really, but... <laughs> anyway, let's pray. And then I'll hand over to Pastor Larry. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your word that is just so amazing and encouraging us to get to know you and to get to know your word and to be vessels and to be used by you, Lord. Help us to have that discipline in our lives that we would be able to uh, make an impact, Father, in our families, um, in our communities, um, and even in other parts of the world. And so we commit these things to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, brother. You did great. Thank you. Um, right now I'm not doing a lot of funerals, but I have had seasons over the last 40 some odd years where I would do lots and lots of funerals. Sometimes a couple a week. And one of the things that I would, that I've learned about people in my culture, my my little world is that for many of us, I would be so bold as to say for most of us, when people die, the goal is for you to die and at the funeral, someone will say he was a good person. Old Jim died, and he was a good person. He was a good businessman, a good husband, a good dad, a good friend, a good citizen. That's the goal. 
And that is so often the goal. And that beats the fire out of you dying and people going, he was not good. You know, that obviously I'd rather people say I was good than not good. For the last 20 or 25 years being around Kuss, he has impacted me by not, that's not my goal anymore. I don't want to die and for Shirley and Rainey and Teddy to say he was a good person. I'd like to die and for them to say he impacted the world. In his own little way, I'm not saying my way's your way or my way's Cuz's way, but there's a difference in living your life and the goal is I want to be good versus I want to live and leave the world better, different. I think that's such a different paradigm. That's such a different set of values. Um, even if in my attempt to make it better, to make it different, I mess up a lot. I, uh, in some ways, go backwards <laughs> at times. But I lived my life and was put in the ground or sprinkled in the river is what I hope. Uh, but I lived my life and I was sprinkled in the river and I left the world a little different, better. That's how Cus and Jenny are trying to live their lives. I promise you that. And I really do, I, I want that to be the way I live my life. I am trying to do that. The jury's still out on how well that's going, but, uh, but that's, the, that's my goal, and I think it's a worthy goal, and I'm grateful for you helping me see the difference. Thank you again. Um, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. And so I invite you to just take a moment and to consider Cus's words. Are you a disciple? Not just do you believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. How many of us believe in Jesus? Woo! But am I a disciple of Christ? Am I intentionally trying to follow Christ? And have I come to the place where I ought to transition from just being discipled? Maybe it's time that I become a discipler. I start impacting people with good like people have impacted me with good. Maybe that's something God's wanting me to, to transition from to. I want you to just think about that. Is that the calling that God has for our lives? And if it is, then it's a good calling. It's a calling worth considering. It's a calling worth embracing. And so maybe today God would like to, to deal with us specifically in that realm. When you're ready, you come.
Tim and Esther, y'all sit up front, so sorry. Y'all get called. Uh, y'all sit. When, it, when, it, when you're ready, you come, you take the bread, you take the, the juice, and you eat, and you drink. Remember. Remember that God loves you more than He loves life itself. He's committed to your good. He's at work in your life. And the plans that He has for you are plans of abundance and grace and peace and joy. And that gives us hope. And we should give Him thanks for that. So you come when you're ready.